This, this is the Rich Eisen Show. Crank up the radio. Today is the day. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. He's a different cat. He's a tea sipper that is in touch with his deep thoughts. Rich Eisen. Stop busting up my flow. <laughs> All right. Earlier on the show, Lions defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. Coming up, ESPN senior writer Don Van Nata Jr. Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin. Fox Sports college football analyst Mark Ingram. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Facts. We only say facts. Like, for instance, this is the Rich Eisen Show. That's a fact. And uh, we're here on the Roku channel, the fact. And you can get it for free, fact. At all Roku devices, select Samsung Smart TV, Amazon Fire TVs. Uh, we are also uh, free on the Roku app because the Roku channel's on it. And the RokuChannel.com is a way to get us for free. A uh, great chat in hour number one with Aiden Hutchinson of the Detroit Lions. This is this is the Lions world right now, and we're pay, really paying is. rent, apparently. Um, and so great chat with him about what he thought about the league putting his Lions in uh, Kansas City to start the season and the bandwagon being full and the expectation level. Just a great talk uh, with him. Uh, we re-air as soon as this hour, uh, show is over, if you missed it, uh, two hours from now, which means we got a ton more to talk about. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Mark Ingram will be joining us in hour number three. We'll talk about the winnowing running back market with him as well as some college football the open championship is going on don van natta of espn will be joining us he's the investigative reporter who's been covering the nfl and ownership for a long time dan snyder apparently is going to finally sell the washington football team slash commanders away uh so who better to to talk about that than don uh, but uh, And your phone calls, 844-204-RICH. If you are on hold, please stay on hold. We promise to get to all of you. But joining us right now, we're going to take the phone call. The last time, if I'm not mistaken, this guy was on the show. He had just dropped his phone into the Hillsborough River <laughs> in the uh, championship uh, boat parade. <laughs> so I assume he got a new phone because he's calling back into the show, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I'm doing great, Rich. And uh yeah, man, I got a new phone. Okay. You know, it's funny how things work out. Yeah. You know, my, my folks have Verizon looked out for me, man. It was uh but I, I tell you I'll tell you this, if there's a time for me to lose a phone, I'll definitely take that one. <laughs> <laughs> you'll take you'll you'll take that ring for phone trade every single time, right, Chris? Every every single time. <laughs> every single one. Yeah, that Lombardi's got great reception, I would agree. <laughs> um so uh, what's your uh, mindset heading into this training camp season, uh, Chris? Walk me through that right now. I mean, I feel like for me, uh, every time I go on a training camp, like regardless of like uh, what the the like our team's expectations are, I feel like my approach is always just to try to like find different ways to get better, like each day. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you know we all spend like the entire off season like working and on our craft and working to get better. Um, and like, I never want to be one of those guys that like, once I get to training camp, you just kind of like hit like a, a plateau. And then like, that's where you are for the season. Right. Like I want to try to make sure that I'm growing every day and, and still like learning, you know, I'm, I'm going into year seven now, but like, I feel like, like there's still so much, you know, so much ball that I have to learn and so much I have to experience. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity, man. Well, and obviously, um, what comes as a challenge this year is catching footballs from a, a new quarterback, whoever that may be. How do you go through a process of gaining chemistry uh, in a quarterback composition, competition as you have right now, Chris? How do you do that? I feel like the, 
Um, honestly, I feel like the the biggest thing, right, is uh, is communication. Like, I feel like like whenever there's a lack of communication, I feel like that's whenever like that's when you see, uh, you know, bad plays show up like between quarterbacks and receivers. So, I mean, like you said, we don't know who that who the quarterback is going to be. But I think that from like from my perspective, I just got to make sure that our our chain of communication between Baker and Kyle, you know, are, are is, is as clear as it can be. Um, and just try to be, you know, as as receiver friendly or as quarterback friendly as I can to those guys. You know, they they have a lot of stuff going on anyway. You know, the competition, but also playing quarterback is a hard position. And I th- like, I don't know if everyone fully understands just how much they have to know. But I I don't want to be, you know, a, a, a reason to add any extra stress to their lives. You know. So how do you become quarterback friendly? Like, what does that mean, quarterback friendly, well, from your perspective? Well, for me, Chris. Uh, from from my perspective, right, it's it's doing the little things, right? You know, like if like it's like for instance, if you're running like an out route, mm-hmm. like not dri- not drifting up the field and allowing the DB to undercut the ball, it's like you know working on 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 friendly angles when you're coming out of your breaks. Um, it's seeing the coverages the same way that the that the quarterback sees the coverages, so that whenever you make route adjustments, y'all on the same page and the, like in the plays just happen like easy, right? And it's like understanding like. When you're running, like when, like when to sit in zones, you know, when to run away from guys, understanding like the general spacing of the plays, um, and so obviously, like I take care of that by knowing what to do, and then communicate with them to see how they see it, and then we just put it together on the field. And like, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. It's going to be something that we develop over the course of training camp, but. As long as we're working in the same direction, you know, we're working on the same things, I think we'll be good. And obviously you've been around Kyle Trask uh, since he's been drafted. Uh, but Baker Mayfield is new to the scene. Uh, Chris, What what's your impression of what you see out of him, from him, that you want to see in a starting quarterback? What do you got for me there? Uh, I like I like what I see so far, man. He's, um, you know, he, he's been a really good guy, like, in a locker room so far. And, like, that was, like, the first thing that stood out to me was just, you know, like the way he carries himself. You know, he's not—he's not like some arrogant guy that's gonna come in and be like, "Oh, I'm the guy," and all of you guys need to kind of like follow the line. It's like, did you hold on a second, Chris? Did you did you did you think he was gonna be that guy coming in based on I what happened like, in Cleveland I, a little bit? You can be honest. I mean, I, I I feel like whatever you like, you know, like people have like different like perceptions like uh, mm-hmm. that are portrayed, like whether it's in the media or like just through other people, mm-hmm. and like you just never really know. Um, and I feel like like sometimes like quarterbacks may have like that. Not like an arrogance to them, but like a confidence to them where they walk in and they're like, they try to overlead too soon. But it's like, it's hard to have, you know, like to get people to, to follow you as a leader if, like, if they don't know who you are, right? If they, like, if they don't know how you work, if they don't know, like, the type of work ethic you have, if they don't know that we're all, like, in it, you know, together, then it's hard to get people to follow you. Um, and so, you know, so far he's come in and he's, he's just, just been one of the guys. And I think, that allows him to be able to, like, in times where he needs to be a leader, I think it allows him the space to be able to step in and be like, you know, like, this is what we need to do because he's already working on building those relationships with God. Well, I think one thing that you can say based on perception with Baker Mayfield is there is a chip on the shoulder. I mean, he had it at Oklahoma, man, when he was planting flags in Columbus and, you know, doing what he did in Oklahoma – and obviously what 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 did was his birthing into the league in Cleveland guy had a chip on his shoulder and then you know a shoulder gets hurt significantly and he shows up in your spot with an opportunity again here in this league for a first overall pick that you could say potentially has been humbled a little bit but that chip's still there 
And there's a lot of guys on your team that won the chip, if you will, a couple of years ago. And do you think you're potentially being overlooked right now in Tampa, Chris Godwin? Um, I mean, I, I think that, like, that most people on the team would think so. But what I also know, right, is, like, you know, talk is cheap, right? I feel like like there are people like that, that are out there, like, that are paid, like you guys are paid to talk. You know, ever like there's a lot of people paid to speculate about the season because, like, you know, like that's what you guys do. But I mean, how I look at it is like if you look back just a year ago, right? Like we were predicted to be one of the best teams in the league just based on the talent that we had on, you know, on our roster. But clearly, like at the end, when we got to the end of the season, we saw that like it's clearly not just the the sheer amount of talent that you can accumulate. Like there's like there's a reason that we play the games and. And so, like, I, like that, that kind of thing kind of brings me, like, some, you know, a sense of, like, calmness because I know that all, like, we just have to go out there and we have to put the work in. Like, regardless of who's playing, like, regardless of who the quarterback is, what plays are being called, like, if we don't have our team chemistry on point, like, if we're not all working, like, and pulling the rope in the same direction, it's going to be for none. You know, you can have as much talent as you want, but if, you know, teams that, that are playing together, playing as a team, they can come in and beat the most talented team if they're not on their P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's it's on us to go out there and actually put the work in and, and, and for us to determine what the season's going to be like based on the kind of work that we put in and how committed we are and, you know, and those types of things. So I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity, man. I mean, like regardless of, like, whatever the outside talk is, I'm excited to go to work with these guys and, you know, see what we can, see what we can craft up. Well, I mean, you're right. Uh, talk is cheap, and, you know, I am paid to talk. I'm just really good at it, though. Chris, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know I mean? Okay, I just want to make sure. You know, I have a chip on my shoulder too. You know, we all, we yeah. all have. <laughs> how's the how's how different is the offense going to look like now that uh, Byron Leftwich is out, and that's the Arians era, one would say, uh, on that side of the the line of scrimmage. How, how are things going to look different? Yeah. Do you think this year, potentially? I mean, I definitely, I definitely think it's going to look different. Like, I think like the presentation of things is going to be a bit different. Right. right. If you look at like what like some of the stuff that you know that Dave and 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 Brad did when they were in uh, in Seattle, like obviously like what they did compared to like what we've done in the past is very different, right? And I think that like the interesting thing is like for them to be able to kind of come in like merge kind of like the two systems, right? And to take some of the stuff that they've been doing uh, really well, and take some of the stuff that weird that some of our guys are like accustomed to, and kind of like merging like the systems, right? So I think that like I you know I, I think that w- that we're gonna have to be significantly better running the ball right and and i think we might have been 32nd in the league last year so Mm -hmm. like it's only up from here right um so i think just like just like from that perspective it's it's already going to look a lot different because of like just a commitment to the run game um and i think that if we're able to really establish that then you know then then a lot of other things open up for us um but i think it'll be interesting to see just like how dave like uh kind of reacts as a play caller not only to like adversity but his success as well trying to find like our 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 niche of things that we do well and then make sure that we're able to just like execute at a high level right like it doesn't have to be incredibly complicated but uh we have to be able to make sure that all of our guys understand what we're do, what we're trying to do what we're trying to accomplish and then figure out the best way to get them in positions to do that. Yeah, referring to Dave, uh, Dave Canales, the uh, new offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach in Seattle last year. I spoke to Rashad White yesterday. He seems ready for the challenge and excited for the opportunity. And then that, that game you had with Seattle last year, I called it 
uh, for NFL Network in Germany. That was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I know you guys played your, oh, your, your head off in that game uh, as well. It might have been like the, the best game you played all year, to be mm-hmm. you know blunt, I guess. But well, that, was incri- that was unbelievable. That game in Germany, yeah, Chris, right? I mean, um, I, 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 I'm right there with you. Right? It was, um, I, I got, I really wasn't sure what to expect when we, when we got out there. Me too. Um, Me too. I wasn't sure, like, like how, you know, just like, like, like how the German fan base was going to react. Like, I knew like there was a lot of excitement just based on like how fast the tickets sold, but you never really know, you know. Like it was like their first real taste of, uh, you know, of American football, and. Uh, yeah. And they, like you said, they did not disappoint at all, man. No. Like I, I still vividly like remember, like, I think like as the game was coming to an end, yeah, you true. know, like the whole stadium is singing "Country Roads." Country Road. That's I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I don't know if if half these people know where West Virginia is, but they're like, <laughs> you know, verbatim and they're singing and that's they got the lights on, and it was yeah. just like, yeah. it was like, man, this is sick. Like yeah. I was, I was very grateful to be a part of that experience, man. It was like kind of like a mix between like pro football and like pro soccer kind of atmosphere. Yeah. So, it was, it was a two minute cool. warning. It was a two minute warning. By the way, I didn't yes. think that they, they know where West Germany is, but not West Virginia. Right. <laughs> and, and, For and, sure. and it was my job. I was coming out of the two minute warning and uh, you know, and you guys needed one first down to, to get it, um, mm-hmm. which Rashad white did get. And um, I was just letting the audience here at home, what we were hearing at, at the stadium, which was them singing John Denver word for word, and it was uh-huh. wild. The whole week was yeah. wild. And I know after the game, uh, Brady said it was up there with a Super Bowl experience for him uh, and his career. Um, and yeah. that was you know that was great, man. It, it really was. Have you uh, have you spoken to Brady lately at all, Chris? Uh, not not a ton. I think we we talked a couple of times uh, since he retired, but. Uh, not not within like the last couple of months, man. You know, I, I think um, I'm definitely a person. I like to give people like their space, and I feel like mm-hmm. with Tom, like you know, he's been doing this for so long, man, and and now he's finally retired. Like I, I think it's cool to see him getting to spend as much time like as he has with his family, uh, but also like getting to see him like step out there and and kind of like open himself up to to as like a resource to like a lot of different guys. Like I feel like the thing that he was doing. Uh, like with the with the quarter first round yes. quarterbacks this year, like that's very cool to me. Like just kind of like being able to pass, you know, to, to pass the the game down to them and and just give them like a little bit more tools in our toolbox to allow them to be successful. I'm like, like that stuff is very cool, man. Because like, like what better person to learn from, you know, than than the greatest quarterback of all time? So other than footballs, what did he pass to you, Chris? Yeah. What do uh, you do, man? It's. I mean, just a, a, a lot of uh, knowledge on just how to be, like, how, how to continue to be the best pro that I can be, right? Like, the importance of making sure, like, that you're taking care of your body all the time. Um, like, the, how, how you have to make sure that you're, that you're always in a position to win, right? And try to make sure that it's not, that football isn't a more difficult game, like, than it needs to be. Um, like, you can't just go out there and just, like, bank on like your guy being the guy that wins his rep every single time because we have some extremely elite players in this league and like mm-hmm. everyone like we're like the best you know the best in the world of what we do so like odds are like you know you're gonna win some or you're gonna lose some so if you're just like banking on that math it's not gonna work but so like understanding like you know the the things that you need to do to be able to put yourself in a position to win but also just like you know carrying yourself the right way 
you know, treating people, treating people in the locker room the right way, things that I, I, I've already done, but it's like, it's cool to get kind of like the, uh, reassurance, you know, from someone that's been doing it for as long as he was, you know, that I'm just headed in the right direction. You know, your teammate Antoine Winfield Jr. says he doesn't think he's retired. Did you hear that one, Chris? <laughs> I, I didn't, but, you know, I, honestly, I, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, I, I would be, I'd be very surprised if he, if he came out of retirement again, like, you, and you put me down for I'd be very, very shocked. I'll put you down for that, for sure. Um, hey, uh, great chatting with you. Uh, let's do this more often than every couple of years. And tell tell your uh, your colleague, Mike Evans, not to make me feel like I'm twisting his arm when he comes on this program. <laughs> he doesn't really talk much. <laughs> yeah. He he likes throwing he likes throwing milestone footballs into the stands more than talking. So let's say, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll get on about that. Have to let him know about himself. Tell him I said hi, but that you know, do this a little bit more. Oh, the creamsicle uniforms are coming back, right? Is that what's happening this oh, year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna be sick. When is that? It's do we do we know when that is? Uh, do we know when that is? I think versus the Lions, maybe like week six or something. Okay. Like that. All right, mm-hmm. cream. So, so what do you, you? You've got to score in a creamsicle uniform, right? I mean, like that got has. To. <laughs> got to. That would be sick. That would be very sick. I, should, I want to score multiple times. That's it. There we go. You got to be. You got to be greedy, uh, Chris. Thanks so much. Greatly appreciate the time. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Have a good one, Rick. You bet. That's Chris Godwin, one of Penn State's finest. CTJ can is talk about Penn, other schools. Penn State man. That's right. Yeah, he man. is. Chris Godwin. He is. We are. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Godwin. That was great. I, Godwin's a good dude, man. Great talking good with player. him. He's so good. He's so he really good. is. I'm glad he got his phone. <laughs> well, he got a new phone. I don't know. Yeah. A phone. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. By the way, phone slipped out. So could the Lombardi Trophy. You know what I mean? Oh, when yeah. you're flipping it from boat to boat. Luckily, it didn't, though. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, if, if, right. you're going to choose one thing to drop into that body of water. It was the phone. Uh, oh, yeah. No doubt dad, about it. No. There it is. The dad, no. I'm sure. I know if you, I'm, you're playing music going to break. Music Look at what he's doing. He can't do He can't have everything he can't ready. Have everything. Right. Right. Take a break. I'm not screwing up the breaking. <laughs> Don Van Natta on the day that the Wicked Witch of D.C. is out. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. When did you first know that you were part of something that was huge and becoming big? I'll give you one that I... This is will seem an odd answer, and I haven't said this. I haven't thought of this till you asked me this question. So it's all incremental, like, ooh, you know, he went out to eat in California on a vacation, and because I did the late show, well, what does the Swami want to drink? You know, in 1981, like, what? I mean, but that's more incremental. 1983, you will laugh, the America's Cup race that we lost to, off Newport, the seventh race, mm-hmm. the, the wing keeled, land down under, okay, sailboat racing, right? Right. But it was like a Tuesday afternoon, don't quote me on that. And one of the Providence stations had a helicopter that they were televising in Rhode Island and some sort of commentary, and we picked up the feed at 2 o'clock. When it was on, the big seventh race of Australia against the United States. The sailboat race, two in the afternoon, I, I want to say a Tuesday. With no, we didn't tell anybody. I think they arranged it at 145, yeah. you know, typical. The rating we got, or, or the amount of people that saw this, who just, well, if it's on, it'll be there. But that's 1983. We only started in 79, Rich. So a sailboat race in the middle of a day yeah. of a week and people were looking for us because if they don't have it, nobody will. Right. And so this isn't what, oh, now I know we're going to be big time. Mm-hmm. But this is what I knew, that people knew who we were, what we stood for, and what potentially we could give them, even without any promotion. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that one in a long time. I would so not have you dug it out of me. There we okay. go. I like what it. What an I, interviewer, man. I got Just it. Don't I, make me cry on the set. Ah, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my favorites, the great. Hall of Famer, Chris Berman, back in the day, right here Over. on the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, back with our live stream on the Roku channel. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. When I'm out and about anywhere... People ask you about me? <laughs> Why do you do that? <laughs> I mean, they know it. Everyone knows TJ. He's not lying. Like, not everything needs to be what, what she said. <laughs> anyway, when I'm, when I'm out and about, okay, and um, I get some folks coming up to me, talking to me about, you know, NFL this, NFL that, and I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to people because, you know, I'm a man of the people. And invariably, I'll get, you know, um, who's going to be the quarterback? What do you think of the coach? Does my team have a chance this year? Uh, one of the camps that my kids goes to in Maine is a, a, a ton of Baltimore 
folks go to it. So when I just went to visiting day, is Lamar really going to do something good? I mean, is he worth I mean, you get all of these questions. But one franchise, there's one franchise of any fan base that I've come across that says to me, are we going to get a new owner in my lifetime? <laughs> it's the Washington fan base. That, that's it. It's never been, you know, what's with the, the coach or what's with the quarterback. I mean, for a split minute, it was RG3 and then Kirk Cousins and what's going on there. But invariably, always, are we going to get a new owner? And today, on this day, July 20th, 2023, it does appear there will be a unanimous answer from the membership in the National Football League voting on the sale of Washington commanders slash football team slash Redskins. The answer apparently is going to come back, yes, you will get a new owner. And Dan Snyder, there is a door that will hit him on the posterior on the way out. Now he will walk out with $6 billion. He won the Powerball a lot. So So, today is finally, it does appear to be the day that the house twirling around from Kansas lands. (laughs) In the football land of Oz, and underneath it will be the wicked warlock of the Mid-Atlantic. <laughs> so we say ding-dong to uh, one of our favorites here on the program who's been covering the story of Dan Snyder and the National Football League and his relation to the National Football League and his relations with fellow members of the National Football League and the fan base. This guy knows all about it. Senior writer from ESPN, Don Van Natta, back here in the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Don? Doing great, Rich. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What's going on? Well, <laughs> Did the NFL's long national nightmare is finally over. It is, right? It's coming? That's it. This is great news for all of the owners. All the other 31 owners are thrilled to be finally rid of Dan Snyder. He has no friends left. His last friend... Among the membership was Jerry Jones, who protected him for a long time. I think even as recently as last year. But the NFL membership is thrilled. I think you're right. It will be a unanimous vote later today in Minneapolis. And the Snyder era is finally over. And the reason for that is why? I mean, why Why now? Why would Dan Snyder, after all this time and saying, I'm not going to do this, I am not changing the franchise team's name, I am not selling, I have no interest in selling, I am here, get used to it, I'm going to buy up radio stations and everything else so I can squelch dissent and, and do things that uh, no other you know member, it seems, in the National Football League would ever think of doing. Um, why now, Don? Two reasons. One is he has led a toxic workplace, has embarrassed his fellow owners. There are sexual misconduct allegations still ongoing that are being investigated by Mary Jo White. Uh, He just caused a lot of heartburn to the members. Uh, We reported, Rich, just last week at ESPN.com that he was actually free and clear last October, and yet he was one of the people responsible for those John Gruden email leaks. 
which woke up Congress. There was a congressional investigation launched just a week after those leaks, and that led to even more allegations. There's a federal criminal investigation about financial improprieties going on in Virginia, as we've reported on. So that, that's, that's one reason. The other reason, though, and it's a big reason when it comes to the way the NFL owners view him, is he has been costing them money. Hmm. That is a big no-no among the membership. How so? His team has been last in attendance mm. in the NFL the last couple of years. The FedEx field is ranked the worst stadium in the league. It's crumbling. Schneider can't get a new stadium. He ran out of options to try to build back this once-storied franchise. And so that's the other reason he's been shown the door. So enough was finally enough because it never felt to me that he would ever sell. Never wanted to sell. This is the team he grew up loving. Um, he got it for a song. Um, always was just going to stand firm, stand his ground. But was was it the fact that he couldn't get a new deal in D.C. because nobody wanted to deal with him was truly the that's final straw? Part of it. Is that it? Yeah, absolutely, Rich. That, that's a big part of it, the co- costing – his fellow owners money. And remember, there was also the allegation that he had two separate sets of books where he was hiding money from them. But we did a story at ESPN last October. I did it with my colleagues, Seth Wickersham and Tisha Thompson, that revealed that Snyder actually was telling fellow owners that he had dug up dirt on owners and Commissioner Roger Goodell. That story landed in mid-October of last year. Uh, if you remember, Jim Ursay came out in an owner's meeting just a week later and basically said, you know, we have to begin to think here among the owners of showing Snyder the door. And then just a few weeks after our story landed, Snyder announced that he was going to investigate selling the team. I think any goodwill that he might have had left, certainly with Jerry Jones, went out the window when it was discovered that a partner – Somebody who they are in partnership with is actually running around saying, I've got dirt, and if you try to take my franchise away, I am going to blow you all up. That was, I think, also part of the final straw, which has led to today. So how much does he walk away with, Don? Well, he's selling for uh, an American fran- NFL, well, it's actually an American sports franchise record of $6.05 billion to Josh Harris and the Josh Harris Group. But he owes about a billion dollars on that. It's okay. kind of a, it's like a home equity loan. Yeah, he's yeah. Been, he's yep. been taking money out, uh, uh, and, and his former limited partner said he's been using the team as his personal piggy bank uh, for years. So he owes a billion dollars on top of it. But, yes, he walks away with about $5 billion huh. uh, for being arguably the worst NFL owner in history. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the floor five on what, what five Powerball jackpots. That's, right? uh, yes, that's yes. true. Um, I'll give you the floor. And really, you you would call Dan Snyder the worst NFL owner in the history of the league, Don? Really? I think so, Rich. Uh, George Preston Marshall was the first owner of the Redskins. He's actually the man who coined the the term Redskins. Um, he was the last holdout to integrate his team in the early 60s. He was a big supporter of racial integration, uh, a racial separation, I should say. Mm-hmm. And he was forced to segregate, he was forced to integrate his team in the early 60s by the Kennedy administration. Um, 
So I would put George Preston Marshall in Snyder's league, but I think I think Snyder goes down uh, as the worst. Remember, you know, you you made reference to it when Snyder came in in 1999. He was 34 years old, and this is a guy who rooted for the Redskins his entire life. It was his boyhood team, and he was seen among the owners and even Paul Tagliabue as the perfect person to own a team. And when he was introduced in 99, he said, I'm all about winning. And if you look at that standard, only one playoff win in 2005, a 42% winning percentage, uh, you know, he failed miserably at what he set out to do. And then all of the off field stuff, I think it I think it makes him the worst, even worse than George Preston Marshall, Rich. Don Van Natta from ESPN right here on the Rich Eisen show. Is it true again, and I'll I think this was in the piece that you referred to with, with Seth Wickersham, uh, that the reason Gruden and Snyder didn't get along is Snyder called Gruden fat? Is that literally <laughs> what, what the, the genesis of the feud is about? Like that led to emails coming out and stuff like that or or did Gruden call well, Snyder fat, or is that what happened, or is that what? It, what? Honestly, like a fat shame Snyder, started this thing. Snyder and Gruden met up at a restaurant after a Monday Night Football broadcast years ago, uh-huh. and that's exactly right. Snyder called Gruden fat. Gruden responded, "I'll take your head and dribble it into the asphalt." Okay, and that's. I think the last time they ever had a conversation together. Now, whether that's what motivated Snyder to green light, as we've had sources tell us, uh, these racist and homophobic and misogynistic emails that Gruden wrote a decade ago to Bruce Allen, who was then the the president of the team, uh, I don't know. We had other sources say that Snyder did it to try to ingratiate himself with Roger Goodell because Snyder last fall uh, or in the fall of 2022, I should say, was quite upset that he could not um, get back on the field and go back to owners' meetings. And he knew that there was bad blood between Gruden and Goodell, which we also lay out in that piece. And so, but you know, it backfired. Uh, it completely backfired because, as I say, just a week after these leaks to the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, uh, Congress opened a wide ranging investigation of Snyder personally of the Washington Commanders, as well as the NFL. And that caused Roger Goodell to have to testify before Congress. If you remember, Snyder was dodging subpoenas in the Mediterranean on a super yacht from Congress. Um, And it just was this drumbeat of bad headlines and more embarrassment that went on and on and on involving the commanders, which uh, I believe contributed to leading us to today in the sale. So uh, I imagine Snyder selling doesn't mean Gruden's going to stop giving up his hunt to... uh figure out where those emails came from and get his pound of flesh, right? So wh- where, where does that stand right now, Don? Right now, that's before the Nevada Supreme Court, Rich. So you're absolutely right. Gruden has sued the National Football League and Roger Goodell personally, uh, accusing the league and Goodell of leaking those emails uh, and costing him his career and his $100 million 10-year contract. Um, he sued in the state of Nevada. Gruden won at the district court level and with the appellate court. The league is trying to put the proceedings um, before arbitration, before uh, probably a very friendly uh, league lawyer, uh, and keeping it out of uh, the public. Discovery will be behind closed doors. 
But so far, Gruden has won. He's two for two, and uh, the NFL has appealed before the Nevada Supreme Court, and we will have a decision later this year. If Gruden wins, it's very bad news for the NFL because we will have discovery. We'll have uh, the proceedings in open court. Goodell and others will be subpoenaed. Uh, and there's a chance that those 650,000 emails that were amassed in the Beth Wilkinson investigation that the handful of Gruden emails were cherry-picked from could also become public. And Bruce Allen has told people there's bad news in those emails for everybody mm. in the league. So that is something the NFL is fighting very, very hard to try to stop. Wow. So are you saying, based on all of this, Don Van Natta of ESPN, that if after that Monday night football game years ago, Dan Snyder walked up to John Gruden and said, hey, man, you must be working out, eating right. I mean, you look great. Like, he would still be the owner of the Washington Commanders. Is that what you're saying right now, Don? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that, Rich. There's, okay. too many, there's too many other elements here. But uh, that, was, that was certainly a spark of something. That was, there was no doubt that was a spark of some very bad blood that, uh, that continues to this day between John Gruden and Dan Snyder. Yeah, I mean, you must be working. I get up. What do you get up? Five in the morning. You're you're running. I mean, oh my gosh. So what what do you know about the first order of business for Josh Harris other than I'm not Dan Snyder and, and that will increase the value of his franchise? Like seriously, like what is what is on the to do list when Josh Harris takes the reins uh, tonight? All, all he has to do is the opposite of everything. <laughs> like Costanza, like full Costanza. Is that what you're saying? Go full Costanza. Do the opposite. That's, That's it. it. Full Costanza. That's right. Op, do do the opposite, and um, you know this this is going to be the longest honeymoon we will see in Washington history that Josh Harris is going to get. He's going to get plenty of runway to turn around the team. So, you know, a long time uh, Commanders fan was telling me this morning. So, can you imagine what will happen if the Commanders win the Super Bowl? They're not going to win it this year, but next year or the year after. Um, you know, how will that make Snyder feel? And, you know, we we keep talking and laughing about the fact that Snyder's going to walk away with $5 billion, this incredible payday, but this kills him. His entire identity was being the owner of the team he loved since he was a boy. And people in his inner circle say he is just destroyed hmm. uh, that he has to walk away from the team. And the cherry on top of this for, I think, the Washington fan base is if if – Harris is able to turn things around relatively quickly and get to a Super Bowl and maybe even win it in the next few years, how that's going to make Dan Snyder feel. Do you think it's possible that he even changed the name just to get rid of just, just remove all trails and traces of Dan Snyder? Do you think that's possible? I think so. I, yes. I think, there, I think there's a pretty good chance of that um, to erase any part of the Snyder legacy, to, to have a complete do-over. Uh, I would not be surprised at all, Rich, if we see uh, a name change and a complete rebranding um, soon. Don, thanks for the time, brother. Greatly appreciate it. You're the man. Appreciate thanks it, Rich. Anytime. You got it. That's Don. You bet. That's Don Van Natta at DVNJR on Twitter. Must follow Don Van Natta of ESPN. If I'm Josh Harris, first thing I do, first thing I do, is send out a letter to all the season ticket holders and maybe put it in the you know in the Washington Post, Washington Times, all every, and any any publication in Washington DC is an open letter to Washington football fans, that's what you call them. Mm-hmm. Washington football fans, this is a new day. Mm-hmm. 
We are so excited to get to meet each and every one of you. Here's a website. Send us your ideas. We are open to any idea. What do you think we need to do? Even if you don't intend to follow it, you reach out to the fans and say, I am here. Yeah. The new ownership group is here. And we want to hear from you. Then I call up whomever, or I'm sure this person is hired. There's somebody who is on the management team whose sole job is to reach out mm -hmm. to the business community of the Mid-Atlantic and rearrange the entire landscape that has been wrecked by Dan Snyder. Re-engage the business community on the spot. Start finding the one individual or individuals who can help you build a new stadium. Figure it out if it's the, you know, the old RFK side or whatever it is. I'm not terribly familiar with the landscape there. And then you change the name. Change the name because you're going to just erase every trace. Erase every trace. And then, you know what actually might be the first, first, first order of business is fix that Sean Taylor. Oh, my oh yeah, man. The statue. statue that's yeah. not really a statue that's behind glass. Yeah, it's awful. Get an actual bronze yeah. damn statue. statue. That would be the first order of business yeah. to say, we understand you. Because yeah. that was awful. Oh. Terrible. We understand you. First order of business. We're getting a new Sean Taylor statue, and it's an actual statue, and it's going to be actually in front of the stadium that we're intending to raise down to the ground and get the hell out and go back to D.C. and change the name and everything that's just happened over the last 30 years. It's part of our history, but we are turning the page. My name's Josh Harris. I approve this message. That's not a bad idea, man. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on The Rich Eisen Show. We are back with your phone calls. We're going to take them. I've been promising I will fulfill that promise next. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. He told a story about the genesis of all right, all right, yes, all right. Here's where that comes from. So, okay. days confused. Yes, genius film. I'm in the right bar, at the right time, mm-hmm. and a guy goes, "Hey, you ever done any acting? You might be right, just right for this part." Legendary <laughs> cast director and producer Don Phillips. I come back, and they do what's called a makeup and wardrobe test, meaning they're shooting another scene one night. I'm just going to show up. Director's going to step off the set and come and look and go, mm-hmm. "Great." I approve. Well, he comes and looks. He goes, geez, this is Wooderson. It's great. He goes, listen, uh, you're not scheduled to work tonight, but we're over here at the Top Notch drive-thru, and you think Wooderson might want to pick up on the redheaded intellectual, Jake? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, want to shoot it? I'm like, sure. So I go get in the car. I'm about to shoot my first scene ever in a film. Of your career? Of my career. And um, I had been listening to a lot of, 70s rock and roll at that time. And there was a certain live recording of a Jim Morrison concert in like Amsterdam or somewhere where he barks at the crowd, all right, all right, all right, all right, four times real aggressively though. I'm not thinking about that, but this comes back. So I'm in the car and I'm like, who's my man? I'm nervous. I'm about to hear act. Who's my man? Who's Wooderson? I said, well, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 70 Chevelle, yes. there's one. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, well, Slater's riding shotgun. You know he's got a Dubois rolled up. <laughs> there's two. And I said, and I'm about rock and roll. And I said, well, I got Nugent Stranglehold in the eight track, man. There's three and I hear action. And I look up and in my mind I go, and I'm about chicks. I got three out of four, let's go get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was it. So First confused. word to ever said on screen. Oh, man. All of Matthew McConaughey's appearances on this show in New York and here in Los Angeles on our YouTube page. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Let's go to the phone lines. Um, Greg in Arizona has been hanging on forever. What's up, Greg? Good afternoon, Mr. Eisen. Mr. Greg, what's going on? Well, I have a question for you, and it might take the whole crew to come up with this estimate. Oh. Ooh. What is the num- estimated number of days that will take for you to recover if Geno Smith and Sam Darnold <laughs> are starting quarterbacks in the playoffs and the Jets aren't? All right. <laughs> 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 all right, Greg. All right, Greg. All right, Greg. Um, first of all, how dare you? Uh, secondly, I'll give you the answer, and this is the truth. It would take me zero days, zero days to get over it. Zero. Because Sam Darnold got a raw deal, um, and, you know, and, and Geno Smith has I, – I couldn't be happier for him. Because, in all honesty, um, the Jets didn't do right by either of them. 
And that's the problem with the Jets is they constantly churned. And thank you for the call and, and your attempt to troll. Uh, but I appreciate it. I mean, I really appreciate it. I know you it. all did. Uh, yeah, I mean, very few what callers a, a can get question. such a, a hurrah. From you can go home now. Yeah, very good. Even, to... even Jokic thinks it's over. We might have to run that back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, what's yeah. More but all, no, in all honesty, Sam Darnold comes in. Todd Bowles gets bounced. Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm go ahead. I forget about I'm, he, You know, he's... Right? I mean, Gase is seeing tacos. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, Donald winds up seeing ghosts. Yeah. So, ghosts. and then Geno Smith, the, he, he, he got Rex Ryan post championship years. He got, he got Jordan Pollard. pulled. When, when Rex's bravado started running out because the salary cap that they totally put on the credit card. To get to those two championship game seasons, the Bills started coming due. And it was time for Geno to figure that out. So I couldn't be, I, I, you know, obviously I hope the Jets make it. It would be tough for me to, let's just put it this way. It would take a while for me to get over the Jets not making it at all. But Darnold and, and Gino making it wouldn't add, like that's not salt in the wound. Yeah, you don't dislike uh, I, I don't two. blame them. I blame circumstances. That's for sure. Um, let's go to Dave in Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, Dave? Dave. Hey, Mr. Rich. Hey. Mm. What's up, Mr. Dave? You've been to the, the, the stadium, Yankee Stadium, plenty of times in your life, I suppose. Yes, sir. So you you remember you talk about Seinfeld quite a bit how Elaine got bounced because she was wearing an Oriole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave. By the way, you sound like you're from Balmer. I, I heard I heard a little bit of Mid Atlantic in you. I know you're saying you're from Nashville. Are you originally from Nashville? Trenton, New Jersey. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That's that's uh-uh. that's on the borderline, just above the Mid Atlantic. I would say. I, I yeah. suppose. I suppose. So I've been I've been harassed at Yankee Stadium for wearing an Oriole hat several times when I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> These callers are on fire. Okay. I didn't do anything. The first first time, the the gates open. It's like two hours before the the game. There's nobody walking around. I'm like the only one. I go down to the Orioles dugout. The Orioles are taking batting practice. I got a camera with like a zoom lens, so I'm taking pictures. One of the ushers comes over to, to me and goes, "Where are your seats here? I'm like, no. I said, they're up there a little bit. He goes, you got to go to your seat. Nobody around. I got to go to my seat. You can't take pictures near the dugout. Well, were you wearing were you wearing any O's stuff on that day? Of course, of course, I was. Okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. But look, man, I got one more real quick one. Sure. Cal Ripken's last game at Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. It's a nasty day. It's on and off rain. Mm -hmm. They come to the bottom of the ninth, and the game is tied, or on top of the ninth. Ripken comes up for his last at bat. It starts pouring even harder, harder all day. People are moving down to try to take pictures of Cal. There's maybe a handful of people even left in the stadium. And the ushers are yelling to everybody, you got to go back to your seats. <laughs> They're moving down in a downpour. Hey, that's what happens, man. New York's a tough place. But um, congrats on what's going on with your O's right now. And thanks for the call. That's uh, Dave in Nashville, Tennessee. I... Um, I, I'm not a, you know, historian by trade. But 
July 20th, 2023. That's today, correct? That's the date? Correct. Today. today. Anniversary yes. of the moon landing. Yep. Today? Okay. So this is maybe akin to the moon landing for the good people of the mid-Atlantic that, and I understand I'm throwing, I'm not including the Ravens in here right now, but on this day today, the Baltimore Orioles are in first place in the American League East, mm-hmm. and Dan Snyder is about to sell his football team in Washington, D.C. Honestly. Party time. <laughs> I understand there has to be, has to be a large if like if there's a Venn diagram and the circle is Washington football <laughs> and Baltimore Orioles baseball, there has to be a mesh point where there's a lot of folks in the mid Atlantic who have been sitting through one O's nightmare of a season after another, after another, after another. Peter Angelos <laughs> is still there, but Dan Snyder is selling today. It's happening. Like, there's not going to be any, you know, frozen concentrated orange juice emergency that you have to turn the machines back on. Like, this is happening. Yeah. Like. Stunning. Margin call. Like, it's, it's happening. This is coming. Snyder selling the team, and the Orioles have overtaken the Tampa team that started out house of fire. And if you show, if you saw on that day with the, when the uh, when the Rays were were they thirty? They were thirty above at one point, I believe. I, mean, I felt like they or were close enough. Twenty-eight and two or something. If I had told you, if I'd given you a choice of the rest of the four American League East teams that would eventually overtake them by July twentieth, yeah, which would have been the last team you would have chosen to overtake them by July twentieth? Correct. No, not the Red Sox. You would have chosen Maybe the team, no, right? no, no, no. You'd have chosen the Orioles. Yeah. Because you know they're young and whatever. Who are they? What a day in the mid-Atlantic. They should go out and play the Powerball. Even though it's going to reset to nothing. (laughs) Mega Millions tomorrow. I know. I got you there. Did you know that the person who sells the ticket... Yeah, gets a yeah, million dollars. Yeah, they get a little. Cut. Oh, right. they, I, I knew they. I get, saw a video yeah, of I the guy. Something. They, I saw a video of the guy who who owns the store that sold the winning Powerball yeah. ticket, and they had video of him checking to see if it was his ticket. Oh, the guy, the guy oh, who owned this because he right. bought some himself. Oh, think about that. He probably it was his first thought. Probably. Right, but he's definitely the only person on the planet who knew when he was checking his numbers. The floor was a million bucks. Yeah, he's getting a million. Question is, is it a billion? Do you upgrade from million to billion? You know, it's funny. Every time I buy a ticket, I tell the person who sells it to me, I'm going to buy you something nice when I win this. But now I'm like, I don't need to do that because you're going to get a million. Why would you do that? They made a whole movie about that. Oh, that Nicolas Cage movie? Wasn't that a Nick Cage movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was about a cop tips a waitress like ten million is what that was or something. No, I promise you to give you half of my winnings. Oh, I don't remember this. One. Yeah, it was you don't remember yeah. that, that one? It was a, like a true waitress, story. I believe, is the name yeah. of the movie. I think. If I'm not correct. All right, hour number three coming up. Mark Ingram will join us. We're going to hit the uh, running back market a little bit again. Um, Saquon said something on a pod that's cool. gone oh, a bit viral. Ooh. I saw Ooh. that. <laughs> we'll hit that. And we'll update you on what's going over um, at the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. We got some people you've never heard of who are in the clubhouse leading it, as a matter of fact. 
That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show.